Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who've experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Listen in for tangible tips and advice for growing your business from those who have been there. Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Made It Happen. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling, and I am so excited for today's episode. It's featuring Samantha Patil, the co-founder and CEO of Well-Traveled. Well-Traveled is a members-only travel platform that is filled with like-minded people who have the hookup to a perfect trip. This is a space where people can go to get recommendations, plan trips, and get little discounts along the way. Samantha is on a mission to change the way people travel. She's highlighting the perks that make taking a trip memorable, exciting, and full of adventure. Where work remote is inevitable, she is creating a platform where people can stop creating excuses and start living in the now. We talk all about how Samantha created an iconic brand before she even had built the product, the importance of showing personality within the brand, and dif- and how she differentiates herself with other travel companies, as well as launching a travel company during the pandemic. This is such a great episode. She gives so much valuable insights I know you are all going to love. Now, before we jump in, if you have been listening to the past few episodes, you will know that the step-by-step podcast launch program through Elevate Podcast Co. is starting soon. It's starting August 15th, and the doors are now open for enrollment. So if you have ever been thinking about starting a podcast, um, if this is something that's on your goal list, but you just keep thinking, you know, now's not the time, now truly is the time because this program is going to take your idea and actually turn it into a successful podcast in just eight weeks. It's full with on-demand content um, all the way from identifying your winning podcast concept all the way to the tech of going into podcast, which I know a lot of people struggle with, um, you know, having that podcast plan, how to go about even just recording and editing. It will cover everything you need to know in order to launch your podcast, as well as there is a community aspect that I'm excited about where you can talk with other people launching their podcasts. This is specifically for women looking to sort of amplify their voice. So there's weekly group live coaching calls, as well as with this Founders Round, there's going to be a limited time exclusive interactive workshops on all the topics that people are always asking about, you know, pitching yourself to be a guest on other shows. How do you get the on the podcast top charts? How do you make money and monetize your podcast? So these are just some of the topics we'll be covering. So if you are interested in learning more, I'd go to elevatepodcastco.com slash courses, or you can even message me if you have any questions or you're not sure just yet if this is sort of the program for you, you can ask any questions and reach out. That's elevatepodcastco.com slash courses, and it is launching on August 15th. So you want to secure your spot as there is limited time with this founders round. So elevatepodcastco.com slash courses for the step-by-step podcast launch program. Now let's get into the interview with Samantha. Okay. So today I'm joined by Samantha, the founder of Well Traveled. So Samantha, thank you so much for joining me here today. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to hear more about your journey and your business. So to start things off, do you want to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yes, I'd be happy to. So um, although I don't sound like it, I was actually born in England and I grew up there. I spent the early part of my childhood there. And then we moved to the United States and I was around 10 or so. And I think what happens when you move to a new place and you speak different, you sound funny. It wasn't cool to have an accent yet. Um, so I got made fun of and I hated my accent. So I actively tried to get rid of it. And as you can tell by the sound of my voice, I was successful. <laughs> now I just sound like I'm from LA, which is where I live now. Um, so I spent, we moved to California when I was younger, um, spent you know the high school childhood there. And then I went to school in Northern California, made my way to San Francisco, and I spent time helping different brands launch and grow their marketing strategies um, internationally. So that said, I think the travel bug really caught on much earlier than that, mostly because I had been in England and my parents are from different countries as well. So my mom's from New Zealand, my dad's from England, and my sister was born in the US. So we spent a lot of time traveling as a kid too. And so I think I just always knew... I wanted travel to be part of my life, um, both personally and professionally. And so that's really how I was able to then create this career around that. And then eventually that led to the idea for Well-Traveled, which I'm sure we'll get into. But um, so, yeah, I would say it's it's been something that's been really important to me since I was young. And I've kind of been, been very lucky in that I could incorporate it into a lot of different aspects of my life. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, I definitely love that. And so I guess from there, do you want to tell us a little bit about your company, a little bit about Well-Traveled and sort of what it is? Sure. So we are a social platform, we're membership-based, and we exist to help travelers get inspired, get connected to each other, um, get advice for upcoming trips. And then you can also book um, your trips with us if that's something that you're looking for. But, you know, really... The, the idea for it came about when I was feeling particularly frustrated traveling. I mentioned I traveled a lot for work and I would travel a lot by myself. And I felt like a lot of the tools that are out there just didn't really speak to me and my experience as a consumer, right? So as a younger female traveler who was an avid traveler and was like, you know, maybe I had like 24 hours in a city and I wasn't as interested in like, going on a big tour or like going to some museum, I really just wanted to go grab a, grab a glass of wine and like have dinner somewhere where I felt like safe. <laughs> there was like something that like I would like to eat and maybe just kind of like people watch for a little bit. And I just didn't feel like the tools that existed were set up for me in terms of finding the things that were important to me and that I wanted out of, out of travel. So when we came up with the idea for Well-Traveled, I, I knew I wanted it to be community-based. I wanted it to be a way for people to connect with other people that love to travel. And I wanted it to be a way for people to find relevant recommendations or relevant information for them. And what I mean by that is what's so fascinating to me is like, if for example, me and my husband were to look at our Instagram feeds. They'd probably be really different, right? Like his are all about sports. Mine's about like travel and like baking and home decor. Um, if we go to like our Netflix feeds, also very different. He watches like horrific murder shows and I can't watch that. I need to watch like happy things. <laughs> so, But if we both go to look for, you know, 
restaurant in you know Los Angeles, we get the same list. And that seems really strange to me. So I really wanted to infuse some personalization and bring sort of this like human component back into travel discovery. Yeah, I love that. And I, I definitely agree. I think it's it's much needed. And I, I definitely see what you mean when you go to look at things. It's it's all sort of the same. It's like top recommendations, but everyone has those different preferences. So once you had that idea and you knew you want to take that sort of customized approach, what were your first steps to really building the business and you know really implementing all those ideas? Great question. I started talking to a lot of people. So I was still, I would say it took me maybe six months when I was still at my current job and kind of, you know, just talk, I talked to different people I thought would be users of this product was like, Hey, what's, what's frustrating you about the current systems or tools or whatever that you use? What would you like to see out of a new product? Um, Just to try to get a sense for like, if there were consistencies across these answers, which there definitely were. Um, I started just trying to, to meet with people in travel and hospitality. Like I was coming from consumer tech and while I traveled a lot personally, I think, you know, it's definitely different being in the industry. And I just started trying to connect with people, do sort of like informational interviews. And then I think it got, I got to this point where my husband was like, I was talking about it all the time, right? Nights and weekends, just constantly focused on this. I came, became sort of obsessive. And my husband was like, you either have to stop talking about this or do something about it. And I was like, I'm going to do something about it. So then I just started taking um, whatever kind of action I could to move things forward. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go figure out what the name is. I'm going to buy that domain. I'm going to, you know, go on legal zoom and just all these like little, little steps forward that would just help me like build a little bit of momentum. And I think that can feel really overwhelming in the beginning when you're trying to figure out what do I do? I have no idea what I'm doing. Well, I mean, the big secret is nobody has any idea what they're doing, like until they do it. So just start doing things. And I found that just like taking action tends to help combat any like fear or uncertainty or like indecisiveness. Like even if it's not, you know, the perfect way to do it, you just tend to like figure things out as you go. So that was, that was really it. I just spent a lot of time doing some research and then I would just start doing things. I found a developer I wanted to work with through just referrals and talking to different people that own their own businesses and who did they work with and who would they recommend. And that tends to be a really great place to start with your own network because most people want to support other people. Um, and that's definitely has been uh, my experience. I definitely agree. And I think that's such an important part is just taking those first steps and then, you know, figuring out as you go, pivoting when things aren't working or figuring out what does work. And so then once you went into sort of really building the business itself, can you tell us about the process of building the brand around it? You know, you wanted to have that customized approach, but I think the brand is, is a huge part of any business. So can you tell us sort of what your approach was for that? Yeah. So this was so important to me. I think that again, I'm I'm probably biased because I came from marketing and because I've worked at like really powerful, powerful brands. So like Snapchat, Dollar Shave Club, I mean Pandora. Pandora was incredible because you know it was about music and people would come up to you. Like I worked, you know, I was helping support um like the advertisers and like the ad sales group. But people, I when I told them I worked at Pandora, they'd be like, oh my gosh, like I remember the song that Pandora played, like when I proposed to my wife or like something like that, right? Like it's like really powerful when you can build a brand for people that they really see themselves reflected in. And so that was really important to me from day one. So with well traveled, what I noticed in the travel space is there's been 
like a lot of companies that have built a lot of apps. Like there's so many like travel recommendation apps and itinerary planners and all this, these kind of things. But I haven't seen anyone build a really powerful brand in that space for a long time. And so when you think about creating a product, especially for women, a lot of 80% of our members are women. I really wanted to create something that felt like home for them, that felt like, oh, this is a group of people that gets me. This product was built for me. And so everything that we did in terms of the design and the aesthetic of the site, like the name, everything was very thought through because I wanted it to be a signal to people that, hey, we understand you. This was built for you and you're represented here. So that's really been like the most important and honestly, truly, even with my hiring decisions, right? Like I think a lot of tech companies will start by hiring a lot of engineering talent. Um, and I do understand that approach. I think for me, I chose to hire community people, content people, brand marketers, um, just people that I knew could help me build an iconic brand first. And I could work with, you know, development shops to actually code the product. Cause I think that. There are a lot of talented developers out there. Anybody can build a great product, but I think it takes a lot more to really build a great company and a great brand. And that's something that you do kind of have to get right, at least from the beginning, or be conscious of it and put time and effort into it because it's not just, you know, pretty fonts and things like that. I mean, that that's all part of it. But I think a brand is like, it's like the soul of your company and like the, the, the real, like um, the values behind the brand. And it then starts to impact all these decisions that you make. So yeah, for me, it was, it was like one of the most important pieces of, of launching the company. I definitely agree. The brand is a huge part of any business. And so when you were creating that, can you tell us a little bit about then how social media sort of played a role in creating that brand? I know you talked about sort of the content piece and the aesthetic. And so do you want to tell us a little bit about how this moved into the brand and sort of the strategy you used for that? Yeah. So when we launched our private beta, it was like April or May of 2020. So at the time, you know, travel was really complicated for a lot of people. I think, you know, some of my friends thought I'd lost my mind. They were like, oh, you're still going to do this travel company thing. And I was like, of course, like, you know, to travel is human. Like it's part of the human experience to want to explore and get out and connect with new people, new cultures. I also think it's kind of an antidote for people feeling disconnected and meeting new people that like have different backgrounds from you, have different experiences, beliefs, et cetera. So I was like, this is going to come back. I don't know when, I don't think anybody knew when I was like, but when it does, like, I want to have created something that people feel like they can come back to. And that has understood them from the beginning. So we wanted to approach it from this place of look, the internet is a scary place right now. It's a little overwhelming. It's a lot of like doom and gloom. Um, and we wanted to be this sort of respite for that. So like, Hey, if you were maybe feeling sad about a trip that got canceled or, um, you had to cancel your honeymoon or your wedding, like there were so many complicated feelings about travel. We just wanted you to come to a place that you could, um, have a little bit of escapism and kind of like wander from your home, right. Of like, okay, well, one day I want to go to Italy and sift that Aperol spritz like, and have like a delicious pasta. So here's some ways to get you inspired for when you could do that and what that might look like. Or maybe, you know, you're reminiscing on your trip um, with like a family member from a few years ago and you're adding your favorite places to well-traveled and photos that are making you feel good. So that was, that was kind of the approach that we took 
from the beginning. Um, and I think it really resonated with people because it was really honest and just like, Hey, like this kind of sucks for everyone right now. Like we get that, but like, we know this is an important part of your life. And so we want to be a place that you can come and kind of share and connect and get inspired for that, that next trip, whenever that might be, you know, now obviously it's evolved with everything, but I want our social to be a place where people can definitely get inspired. I think that's the biggest thing is a lot of the platforms out there. I've never felt like particularly inspired on TripAdvisor. Um, so that that's a big piece of it, but also just like providing either like some humor or some like education. I think what really bothers me about a lot of travel social is it's like pretty picture, some sort of like vague inspirational quote. And then like, that's kind of it. So for us, I wanted to infuse a little more personality into it. And again, like have the brand like shining through in these moments of like, you know, there's lots of like behind the scenes with me or like sometimes I'll come on and like share like a little bit of like backstory about what's going on with the company or like um, we really like to feature our members and their experiences and just kind of like showcase what's going on like within the platform. So that's kind of been the focus um, lately. Yeah. And I definitely love that approach. And I think it, it was a great way to go, especially like just bringing that inspiration to it, because like you said, it was sort of difficult at that time. And now it's sort of evolved. People are getting out traveling again, which is amazing. And so with social, the social media approach you had sort of, I love bringing that personality to it and actually having sort of that substance versus just sort of a picture. What advice do you have for a business owner right now? Who's sort of looking to find that right um, approach for themselves, like looking to find that right personality or sort of brand to sort of go with their business. What would you say to them? I would say there's always a lot of voices coming at you from, from different places, kind of telling you like what types of content to post or what to say or how to be successful. And I think like, it sounds really simple, but you kind of just got to go with what feels like natural to you. And like, cause if it comes off like disingenuine, people are going to know like pretty quickly, I think chasing like the fads or the trending sounds or whatever it might be can be really tempting. Um, It tends to be like a lot of work for not that much reward. I think a lot of what comes out of social media is just consistency over time. So it might not feel like you're getting anywhere, but you know, I think we started and we had like, I don't know, in 20 end of 2020, like 500 followers. And then within a year we got to like 10,000 and now we're like coming up to 20,000. So it does take a little bit of time, but I think if you're doing it right, like it will continue to grow and you'll understand and you'll see that you are creating value for people like as your audience grows and then engage with them. I think that's, um, we ask people like, what do you want to see from us? Because they'll tell you most of the time, um, pretty clearly. So we, and then we experiment with different platforms. So like, you know, we've been on, um, TikTok and that's for us just like a more playful, really silly outlet. And we just experiment a lot. That's that's like a place where we just kind of like let our team have fun and like throw up kind of random things and see what sticks, see what doesn't. Um, so yeah, that would be the other thing is just experiment and try different things, see what works for you, um, and talk to the people that you're that you're creating content for and try to get feedback on what they want. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely great advice. And I love sort of having that authentic approach to it as well. And, you know, with that too, your whole business definitely has a very engaged community around it, not only on social media, but also, you know, the membership and just the company as a whole. And what do you think has really been sort of key to creating that, um, you know, successful or engaging community around the business itself? Yeah, I think it, it, it's very similar to the brand approach in terms of it's something we thought about from day one. and I think. Community is this like sexy word right now. And I don't feel like 
a lot of people really understand what it means. And I think a lot of times you get people that have built a big audience that that's not really a community, right? Like there's definitely a difference between those things. So I think for us, like with the community approach, it also kind of goes against the grain of like Silicon Valley's typical like growth at all costs mindset, because that doesn't really work in community because the people are really like the essence of the product. Like all the people that are within the platform really make well-traveled so amazing. So when you just start pumping into a growth engine before you've really figured out like what's making these people tick, what's keeping them engaged, what's inspiring them, what's making them happy. It's just a recipe for disaster. And like candidly, like I think clubhouse is an example of like how that can go pretty poorly really quickly if you're not paying attention to those things. So for us, I think we intentionally, like we kept the private beta pretty small. We've grown like pretty consistently, but haven't been focused as much on that piece of it. It's more like the quality over quantity. And at least right now to make sure that we're really getting it right for the people that are part of the platform. And that then affects like our product decisions, right? Like how do we infuse community into the actual product development of the platform? Not just have it be like a splashy word that we like throw on, like how do we make people feel like they're part of something? So I reach out to members all the time, like new people. I'll just like sit there and email them. If they respond back to me, I usually send them like a little gift from us and like a, a note that I write. Like my weekends are usually like me sitting on the floor, like writing notes and like shipping out swag boxes, <laughs> but I love it. Right. And it's, it's coming from this place where it's, it's very authentic. And I think people can pick up on that pretty quickly if that's the feeling that, that you're putting out there. And so um, I think when you tap into that sense of belonging, you tap into a sense of pride and it, it really engages people and it brings them back. So yeah, it's, it's just something that we're constantly thinking about and like, we'll continue to iterate on and evolve, but I do think it's, you're going to see a lot of companies and just even a lot of social media in general is going to become more verticalized around these sort of like micro communities and, and like topics that, that people love and want to talk about with other people. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. And I think that that really is what is key to creating a really engaged community and not just a following, but really people who feel like they're part of the brand, part of the business. And that leads to my next question too, because you know you did say about 80% of your customers are women. That's sort of what your platform was or business was sort of designed was for specifically for women. Can you tell us a little bit about this and sort of what made you kind of go this route and sort of what considerations did you make while you were sort of building the business around? this? Yeah. So one of the things I realized when I was doing a lot of research in the travel space is that um, like the top 30 companies in the world in travel were all founded by men. They all have male CEOs except for one, which is trip.com out of China. And I actually think she just got um, pushed out of that role. And I was just like, well, that's weird. And then number two is women make 85% of all purchasing decisions in travel. And we account for almost 60% of all leisure travelers. And so there's just like an immediate discrepancy there, right? So a lot of these platforms, like because they don't have empathy for this consumer experience, and it's not just women, right? Like candidly, like anyone that's not like white and male, like travel looks different for you. Um, and just without having that empathy for that consumer experience, it's hard to build products that are addressing them and addressing their problems. I also think that like, they don't 
really care because they don't need to, like they've, they've done very well building sort of this like mass market, like very general, very vanilla approach to travel. And, you know, I I think from, from their side of things, like it doesn't make a lot of sense to start talking to these, like what they perceive as smaller groups, but but really aren't. So when I was thinking about it again, I, I mentioned Bumble, like I thought it was interesting how they approached that market slightly differently. And obviously like every company has their own challenges, but from our perspective, I just wanted to create something that felt like it was speaking to women without excluding other people. Like, again, everybody is welcome, but we also don't shy away from the fact that we are female founded. Like we are really designing it with this customer in mind. There are a lot of women on the platform. We try to elevate women as much as we can, um, especially like our members within the platform. A lot of the brand partnerships that we do are with female founded businesses. And what's really interesting is we ask members, you know, why, why do you want to join the platform? And a lot of times they will say, I found this platform, it's female founded, and I want to support female founded businesses. So we've also now started to have that as like search terms for people um, on the site. So if you're looking for a female owned restaurant, like that's a tag that we have on those restaurants or like a female owned business or a BIPOC owned business or an LGBTQ friendly business, all these things that weren't really priorities for um, travelers 20 years ago or like these companies 20 years ago are really important to people now, um, but it's hard to find that information. So that's something we're trying to experiment with and get a lot better with to help people find those types of um, things that they can't find elsewhere. I absolutely love that. And especially sort of bringing in that segmentation for people who are looking for those sort of specific places to visit or dine at or things like that. So I definitely love that approach to it as well. And do you want to tell us a little bit about now that, you know, people are going out traveling, I think, especially with working remotely, people are looking to sort of go to these new places. Do you have any tips in terms of sort of finding that balance of the work and travel and for people who are sort of trying to go work remotely in new places? Um, you know, you want to enjoy your vacation, but you also have the work to do. Do you have any advice on sort of, or tips for that? Yeah, I think you're going to see more and more of this. And like, even myself, right? Like I'm going to be in London next week. I'll be working from there. Obviously time zones are shifted. Um, and my team is dispersed remotely. I think, um, for me, what works really well, and this is maybe not that helpful, but it works for me is I do a lot of time blocking and I'll try to like plan out like days. So like just at home, if I'm like, okay, this day is a day I'm working on like content for the company. This is a day I'm doing all my one-on-ones. This is a day that I'm going to work on like fundraising. And I try to chunk things out. And I think with, when you're traveling and you're, you want to go out and experience the world, like, I do think it's important to like get out there, but like maybe go work from a coffee shop one day, instead of just like being stuck in your hotel. So at least you're like out in the environment a little bit and just give yourself some deadlines. I find that if I have all day to do something, then I'll take all day. (laughs) But if I give myself two hours, I'll get it done in two hours or I'll get as far as I can. So I think just being sort of like stringent with yourself around, this is my work time and I'm going to be really present in that time and work. And then when I'm not working, I'm going to be really present in whatever I'm doing, whether that's going on a walk or going to dinner or exploring a new city or whatever that might be. And that's I (laughs) somewhat corny. I have a word of the year and this year it is it's present or presence because I think as an entrepreneur, you get pulled in a lot of different directions all the time. And it's really easy to kind of be thinking about the next thing during your current meeting, but that's not really productive. And I don't think you bring your like best self forward when you're doing that. So 
if I can take the dedicated time to be really present in what I'm doing, I can then like, you know, switch gears and focus on the next thing, whether that's like spending time with my family or like working on like a big project. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's definitely great advice. And especially with entrepreneurs, you can, you could literally put hours into, into working. And so I think really enjoying those experiences when you're in them is so important. So I think that's definitely a great way to go about it. And with the business too, you know, there's always obstacles with entrepreneurs and what did you really find to be the biggest challenge and really building up (laughs) well-traveled? There's so many, (laughs) you know, I think with entrepreneurs, a lot of it is like a head game. It's like getting your mind into the place where you feel empowered and confident and that you know that you can do things. So I think like taking care of yourself, like taking your mental health, like making sure you're exercising all those things because like finding good, um, like a good support network, I think is really, really important because it can be isolating. Um, I think it's tough for my friends to really understand what I'm doing and like why it means so much to me because they can walk away from their jobs. Right. I can, I don't walk away ever. I'm, I'm 24 seven, always thinking about well-traveled. So, um, I think that can be tough for people to relate to. So I think finding a strong network of other founders that you can connect with has been really helpful for me and kind of like overcoming some of this, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Is this normal? Is this, does this happen to other people? And then you can talk to someone that's like, yes, that happens. You're fine. You're going to get through it. And you're like, okay, Great. So now I feel like I'm good again. Cause otherwise you can kind of get in this like negative echo chamber in your head of like, I'm not building fast enough, or I didn't do this this way. And the, 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 the thing is, is everyone's going to do it their own way. Um, but having people there kind of cheering you on that can relate to what you're going through is really valuable. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I definitely agree. And yeah, having those people, you can just have those conversations with that really understand what you're going through and you know that have also been there as well, I think is so important for, you know, the challenges and also the wins. And has there really been, you know, one big win or success moment that really stands out to you from building the business so far? Oh, there's so many. I'm going to cheat and say two. I think the first one is I'm just really proud of our team. I've hired incredible people. And I'm kind of tooting my own horn because I'm like, I got to hire them, but I'm so just in awe of these people that have chosen to work with me every day and build this incredible business. And they're so passionate. They're all so, so talented in their own rights. Um, and they work together really well. And I'm just really, really proud of the people that have, have joined um, the company to, to, to on this journey. So that's that's my biggest one. I would say another one was we recently participated in um, Snapchat's or Snap's Yellow Accelerator, which I used to work at Snap and was we were the first Snap-founded company to go through that program. So that was a really proud moment, um, just being able to come back and be able to do that um, with such a supportive group of people was really cool. Amazing. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's definitely, definitely exciting. And if you had sort of one piece of advice for someone who is looking to start a business or maybe just in those early startup stages right now, what sort of advice would you give to them? It's a good question. I would say start talking to people. Um, it can be hard to get um, people's time because everyone's busy, but with that, just build your network, start building your network, start connecting with other founders and do it before you need something from them. So like, give before you ask for a get, because that tends to be, I think the best way to lay the foundation for your network in the long term, And that has really helped me, I think, 
I think a lot of people think that, and it's, you know, can be true if you're just like really heads down, you're working really hard, you can build something just kind of totally on your own. I haven't found that to be true. I do think that you need the support network. You need people that want to connect you to other people, make introductions for you. I think it's hard to just build a business really by yourself. So the more you put yourself out there, like talk about your business, talk about your idea, get feedback on it and start kind of taking these like baby action steps to push you in that direction. And you'll be surprised what starts to come out of it in terms of someone will be like, Oh, like, that's so interesting. I have a friend that does this. You should talk to them. And like that kind of thing only happens when you're putting yourself out there when you're talking about your idea, when you're trying to connect with other people and really build your network from an authentic place. That would be my, my biggest piece of advice. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I think that's definitely great advice. I think networks are so important in any business and especially with entrepreneurs. So I definitely agree. And I always like to just end off with a quick rapid fire segment. So if you just want to say the first thing that comes to your mind. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so owning your own business means freedom. One word to describe your business. Community. If you only had two hours a day to focus on your business, what would you do? Talk to members. (laughs) Um, A female-owned business. So she sold this business, but it's It Cosmetics um, that I just really admire, uh, Jamie Kern-Lima. A book you'd recommend? Uh, Presence by Amy Cuddy. A lifesaver for your business. So this could be a platform. This could be a planner. It could be anything that you just couldn't live without. Probably Slack. We use Slack all the time. Love Slack. Um, a non-negotiable you have is working out. And this one, I was just very curious, but what has been your favorite place to travel? Oh, I get this question all the time. <laughs> I feel like my answer changes. I, I'm going to stick with what I really feel like it is. It's Zermatt. It's this like magical Switzerland or magical place in Switzerland that um, I went skiing in and I'm a huge skier. And it's just like being in a snow globe and just makes me so happy. So it's kind of a random one, but that, that for me is really special. That's amazing. And definitely have to check that out. Yeah. Thank you so much, Samantha, for sharing your story, all of your great advice. Um, I can't wait to see what's to come with your business. And do you have some future plans coming up you'd like to share? Yes, we are getting ready to launch our mobile app, which I'm really excited about. It's going to be coming out in the next month or so. Um, And we're going to be hiring in the next few months, probably later this summer, but really excited to expand the team. And yeah, you can find us at welltravelclub.com and welltravelclub on Twitter and TikTok if you want to see me acting a fool. (laughs) Amazing. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again, Samantha, uh, for joining us here today. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. Thanks so much for tuning in to Made It Happen podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And thanks again for all your support. I'll see you next week.